Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, welcome everyone to the show. Welcome. So today we have with us Mark Zamanoff, owner of Mark Z Fitness and Nutrition, who provide in-person and online fitness and nutrition coaching. And recently they've added a branded app called Motus Online Fitness, amongst, as I just found out, other things as well. Oh my gosh. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I appreciate having me on. By the way, you just said Zed, and it made me laugh because, I, like, my wife—I I call her a snow Mexican. She's from Canada, and uh-huh. they also say that sometimes. Oh, you say Z, right? Yeah, we say Z, not Zed. But <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so great. Hey, you're you're just like the kids. They always tease me with the British accent and what I say, and I say the wrong thing. Like, put this in the put this in the boot, the boot, the, the trunk of the car. Take it to the garage. It's all these little things that start to creep in. It's like, come on, guys, you know what I mean. But yeah, that's quite funny. So, okay, I butchered the business name, but you know what I mean. So, anyway, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, can you expand a bit more on, you know, where are you today with your business and you know, who is it that you'd love to work with? Yeah. So, I own a brick and mortar gym in Frisco, Texas. By the way, Texas is the greatest nation in the United States catch that. Uh, man, I love Texas. It's so great. It smells like freedom all the time. Uh, but it smells I like freedom. Mm. Smell like freedom. Um, I own a gym. We do small group and personal training. I do online coaching and we just launched an app just a few months ago. It's our own branded app, which by the way, a Brit actually designed for us. So that's very nice. Good job guys. Apparently y'all are, y'all are all over the tech side of the fitness industry. Almost every fitness app that exists for online coaches is made in the UK. I have no idea why, but y'all are like killing it over there. So thank you. Uh, (laughs) But you know, I, here's, here's what I love to work with. We work with people who need the long-term solution for fitness. You know, Mm. and there's a lot of programs out there, you know, the 30 day ab shred and the 60 day bikini body and all those things and those, whatever, anything that gets people moving, I'm a fan of. But the majority of our clientele are people who are truly looking for a long-term solution Mm. and need accountability to get it done. You know, so in my area, I guarantee you, there's probably 20 gyms within a three-mile radius of my gym. There's actually two others in the parking lot of where my gym is. So I can stand at my front door and there's one to the right and one to the left. And it's hilarious, right? We all coexist. There's plenty of, trust me, there's plenty of people that need us. Um, but it's about finding the right people that resonate with the way that we operate and the way that we train the modalities that we use. And most Mm -hmm. of our clients have done all the diets and done other programs and been involved in other gyms. 
and they just need a home. And that's the way I describe it. Like it's a gym home. It's not a gym membership and it's not, oh, you, you come work out where, where we are. No, you're part of our gym family and we do life together and we celebrate things together. You know, last year in November, I had a baby. Well, my wife had a baby. Uh, I did my part. You know, the one thing I think about all you did the hard part, right? Oh my God. I contributed. Absolutely. Um, And we had a pool party planned for the gym during the summer and it turned Mm. into a baby shower. Like un- unbeknownst to me, I had no idea. I just showed up and there were funny pictures everywhere and baby stuff. I was like, oh, so that's the kind of environment that we've been able to create is this like family where mm. not only do I hold people accountable and my other coaches hold people accountable, but the people hold the people accountable too. Because yeah. if they don't see you in the gym for a couple of days, they're sending texts and they're sending DMs and they're sending the eyeballs and they're talking shit and it's hilarious. But it works because then people are like, oh, man, like, you know, it's one thing to let your trainer down. You're like, yeah, whatever, I'm paying you. But when it's your fellow people that you suffer next to that Mm. you're not showing up and doing the work next to them, there's this added layer of like, man, I really need to get in there. Hey, that's is kind of beautiful. We're in this together. That level of community, that level of support is that's what is kind of I mean, that's just like just normal people. Okay, fitness entrepreneurs. It can be a lonely, lonely place. So having that support, that community, wherever you find it, it's it's super, super important. Um, and I love that you said, yeah, they just just need a home. People need a home. So you've been able to sort of create that, even though there's yeah, there's two other homes in the parking lot, <laughs> but they all have different things. And yeah, those people who want a long-term solution. Right now, everyone wants the quick hack. They want the quick fix. How can I hack this, trick this, do this? And whilst there's a place for that at times, it's it's been forced down our throats so much, especially on social, especially in the health industry. You probably be able to rant on this as well. It's almost the miseducation, the misalignments, the false beliefs. And actually, it doesn't change long-term habits. So you can get a quick goal. And then you're right back to it, to letting yourself go. So what's it like for you to be like, no, I am the absolute opposite. It's long-term, it's commitment, it's having that connection. This is what makes the difference. What was it like to you to have that, the confidence in your way of doing it, the right way of doing it? So I've been coaching for 20 years. And, you know, early on in my career, you're just doing whatever, trying to figure things out. But as I as I grew and matured, not only in in fitness, but in life in general, you know, I started to look around and and like our obesity rate here is ridiculous. It's 70 percent overweight or obese. They say by the year 2030 that 50 percent of all Americans will be obese, not just overweight, but obese. And I know that trend is worldwide in every single country that. Well, every single country, there's a McDonald's, you can pretty much attribute an obesity climb at some point in time, right? So I started looking around and I'm like, you know, I got kids and I I look at healthcare costs as a business owner, you know, you you absorb that cost, right? You want healthcare, you got to go find it. Well, the reason that our healthcare system is so jacked up is because there's so many unhealthy people that are this heavy financial burden and it's got to be made up somewhere. Right. So we end up the healthy people end up, quote unquote, paying for some of the unhealthiness. So, like, what do we do to make change in that? And, and, you know, I can't change the world, but I can change my world and my circle of influence 
And then that ripple effect is all I can ever hope for. Right. Mm. You know, before we hopped on here, we talked about expectations and, you know, I operate with zero expectations. I don't expect anything from anyone ever. You know, I expect my wife to like be faithful and, and love me. And, and that's about the extent of it. Right. But I have to control the things that I can control, which are my thoughts and my actions. So when I look around, like, what kind of world do I want to live in? And, and not in the utopian sense of everybody's like, oh, you know, nothing costs anything. No, I, I got it. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm also grounded in reality to an extent. But what can I do to positively impact my environment? And for whatever reason, I've been gifted a skill set for the fitness industry. I'm able to connect with people and coach people in a way that not a lot of people can. And I've lasted the test of time. Like there's very few fitness people that stay in the business for 20 years. You know, they're like four or five years in, they sit around and go, damn, I'm still broke. <laughs> and then they go, yeah, they go to real with, estate or something. With, with COVID as well. I mean, that was a trying time for a lot of people. A lot of opportunities came out. A lot of challenges happened. And maybe during that time, there's a lot of maybe excuses. Oh, people found the excuse to, to say, oh, look, I can't do this. Or I need to change or I need to walk away. Or I need to quit. So you've been doing this for for 20 years. Oh my gosh, you've seen so many ups and downs. You've seen the way the the environment, the world, technology. Oh my gosh, now you're changing your technology, how this all changes. It's it's part, change happens. And from you, the business owner, having a new baby, having your family relationships and dynamics change, having multiple businesses. So everything, change happens. It's how you roll with it. So with your clients, there's that change of, you know, in my 40s, oh my gosh, it's different. It's harder for me to put on muscle doing the same things I did when I was 20. That ain't going to work. Things do have to change. You as a business owner, how you manage yourself right now compared to what you did 20 years ago, it's completely different. So how do you, how do you manage that with, with yourself as you, as you evolve as a business owner? Great question. Um, several years ago, are you familiar with Tim Ferriss? Yeah. So he was really like my first major introduction into podcasting. I don't remember where I found him. I think I actually had a client give me one of his books and I started reading his book. I'm like, man, I really like this guy because he writes very conversationally. Like he writes like he talks. I discover he's got a podcast. So I start listening to this podcast. And, and, and for anybody who's ever listened to his podcast, like it's a commitment, you know, it's two to three hours, every single episode. It's a deep, deep, deep dive into every subject, mm-hmm. every person, but it's incredible. I'm listening to this guy and he had Ryan holiday on. They start talking about stoicism. And all I ever knew before that is stoic. You know, when you hear the word stoic, you just think of somebody that's unemotional and doesn't react to anything, which isn't what stoicism is. I start studying a little bit more. I get the daily stoic, which is Ryan Holiday's like flagship book of all the things that he's done. Mm. It just resonates with me. And the more I read into that, I start getting this sense of like, what really matters and what doesn't matter. Now, Mark, I talk about death probably more than any other happy person that you would ever find. Like I am a joyful human being. Anybody that ever meets me will tell you I got a smile on my face 99% of the time. Most people in this world have never, ever seen me angry or mad or anything other than just joyful. But I have a healthy respect of death and what that means. 
and as I've gotten older, and especially with kids, you know, I have I have two older boys. I have a 21 and a 16 year old. My my 16 year old just turned 16 last week. Got his license. He's driving, and then I have an eight month old at home. So I have this this juxtaposition where I have this one kid that's like driving, and we're having conversations about girls and girlfriends and this, and I have a baby at home who. I'm teaching how to pull himself up and walk and crawl and eat and like, you know, the basic necessities of life, right? Let's be honest. Sometimes that's the 16 year old, right? Absolutely. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. So what, what that has done for me though, is it's given me perspective because it goes by like that. You got kids too. So, you know, like you, you know, one day you're, you're reading them a book in your lap and the next day they're driving and they got a girlfriend and it's weird. But the perspective that that has lent me, there's so much that we concern ourselves about that just doesn't matter. And it doesn't mean that you just neglect it all. And it doesn't mean that you don't put the energy and effort into your business and serving other people, because that's that's not the, the solution either. You know, we are we are made with purpose, I believe. And I believe that each and every one of us, every day that we wake up, there's a purpose that we are meant to serve in this world. And it's not to be a slug and sit on your couch all day. And it's not just meant for your family either. While that's priority and it's very important, my family isn't my purpose. And I, I caution people, the, the whole question of what's your why? And that's gotten such a bad rap over the last several years because it's gotten so far woo-woo and people don't even want to hear it anymore, but there's still validity in, okay, what is your purpose though? Like, what's your why? What, what motivates you to get up in the morning and go do the things? And it, it shouldn't just be, well, I like to eat and you know the landlord wants rent every month or the mortgage company wants their pay, whatever. Like, got it. Again, there's some reality that we have to deal with in the world mm -hmm. that we live in. But at the same time, what really matters? And so many things that we overly concern ourselves about, we get all wound up about, just don't matter in the long run. And if people would just take a big, deep breath and a step back, I think they would find a little more joy in their everyday activities. And as a business owner, not get so wrapped up in, oh my gosh, social media, I got to post four times a day and I got to make sure and create content over here and a blog over here and a, and a podcast over here. And oh, now we got a new thing, threads. What's that? Okay, I got, well, I guess I got to be on threads now. You know, and, and, and they get so paralyzed and then they do nothing. Instead but of- Here's that beautiful little contradiction there because we're kings of avoiding. We, we are naturally, we want to avoid. So with logically what you're saying, logically, I think everyone gets it. I know we should focus on what matters. We know we should pause and, ah, does that really matter? Where's my priorities? Ah, you can see it. We know this. However, being able to do that opens up a whole, whole can of worms of, oh, I now get to look at or I will see the things I've been avoiding in my business, in my life, there's so much that sort of goes into that, which is where do we, where do we focus our attention? What is the right thing to do? There's always a, this is a journey as you go through this. So I think that's a beautiful sort of nuance to that of logically everyone, I think gets that, but emotionally actually doing it. Oh my gosh. Now that's where it becomes a challenge. Remember that there was a show on Netflix, I don't know, a couple of years ago with that lady that would like come in and clean people's houses and be like, does this spark joy? Like she would hand items to people. And it was this, like, we're going to clean some things out. 
So I want you to hold this thing, whatever, you know, it could be a dress. It could be a piece of Tupperware or whatever. Does this yeah. spark joy? If it sparks joy, you keep it. If it doesn't spark joy, you give it away. As a business owner, what I've found is if I focus more of my attention on the things that bring me joy and figure out ways to offload or eliminate or delegate the things that do not spark joy, then I get to do more of what I love to do. So last year I hired an admin. I've never had an admin in my life. I never really needed one, but the business, thank God, the business is growing. It, it was getting to a point where like we mail gifts to all of our clients. Like we have a whole gift giving sequence mm. that's part of our client experience. I hate doing that. I love like, I love crafting the gifts and writing the cards, but to box it all up, I got to take it to the post office. Like that's a burden. So I started looking around, okay, what tasks do I really not enjoy doing that I would rather just be doing something else? And sometimes that something else is playing with my kid or working out or, you know, something for me, it doesn't always have to be business related. I know a lot of times people talk about when you start offloading tasks and delegating, it's like, okay, well now you've got to utilize that time for sales because if you're really good at sales, no, like it's to free up your own time. Like we don't have to cram everything in always. And, that's the- and, there, and there is a lovely focus with the, the business owner, because when we try and buy back our time, um, one mistake that we, we could do is hire someone to do a different job, to manage a job, rather than you know, just get someone to do that one thing that we're actually doing. And then we release ourselves. We, oh, my gosh, we can overcomplicate everything. everything. And that is a, sort of a kind of downfall. You, you're, you're laughing away. Tell me when you've done this. Come on, I want to hear from your perspective. It's, not, it's easy to say what other people should do. Tell me about what, what's been going on for you. You know, one of the first things that my wife and I, so my wife is also a business owner and an entrepreneur. One of the first things that we started doing was offloading things in our own household. So mowing the lawn. I, I had a dog that passed away earlier this year, but there's there's poop scoop services in this area. So I hire somebody to come scoop poop in my backyard. We, you know, we have house cleaners. Like we pay people to do things that we don't want to do so we can free up our time to do more of what we want to do. So we started in the household first, and then we started to look in our business and go, okay, what can I offload? So I'm going to hire an admin. I'm going to hire somebody for client relations. I'm going to hire an additional coach or two. You know, I hired a couple of coaches last year to help me online and in my gym. And all of that has freed me to do more of what I love to do. Because for the longest time, I was, I was a solopreneur. I owned a job is what I did. You know, we talk about the difference between do, do you really own a business or own a job? Well, I own a job for a really, really long yeah, time. Yeah, and you can admit that now. It's like, I thought I was on the, No, you, you had a job to do. It, it's it's yeah, just a, every, it happens to be that you're employed by yourself, right? <laughs> everything would fall apart if I went away, right? But I, I love speaking. And I've been fortunate enough over the last several years to be able to do some speaking engagements, you know, e- either in our city or, or elsewhere. But every time I would do that prior, I just left the gym with no one there. And I have great clients and I have a system and they would come work out on their own. But that's not what they're not paying for that. Like they're paying to be coached and have supervision and have somebody lead them. Yeah. So now that I have other coaches and other people I can rely upon, I can say yes to more of those things that I really enjoy doing and not have the guilt of what, but I'm gone or I'm shutting the doors or God, I hope nobody hurts themselves when, when they're in the gym. Yeah, we got insurance, but still like, it's not a good look. Yeah. So it, it is, again, I, I seek joy. Like that is one of the primary things of my, of my personal life is to seek joy in all that I do as best as I can. 
and when when we talk about how do you how do you know that you're winning how do you know you're progressing right and we put all the we start to put these metrics in well our revenue and our profit margin and and year over year blah 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 right that has nothing to do with anything i i have a buddy of mine who last year his gross revenue i think he dropped like a million dollars a million and a half dollars his personal revenue increased and his happiness increased mm. And can you put a price on that? I mean, some people say you probably could. Apparently, by the way, 25 million is the level of, of FU money, they say. Like if you're if you have a net worth of 25 million always, like you can do whatever you want whenever you want. So maybe there's some correlation of happiness at that level. I don't know. Uh, but I'm not so <laughs> there's always again, we were chatting offline about this sort of progressions and all these different levels of, of what happens. And we all have problems, whether you're dealing with someone who's unemployed versus a gazillionaire. They still have fears, doubts, overwhelms. We're not immune. Why? Because we're human, unless they're a goddamn robot, and they're not. So there we are. It's it's always going to happen. So with that perspective, it's yeah. What what is it like for for us, the humans behind this? What is it like to sort of work through that and truly, I think, truly understand what it's like to have that kind of freedom? Because we have time, energy, and money. Those are the three resources that we have. Yep. And what is your factor of success? Don't, and this is where the authenticity, that's where you trust your intuition. And I think this is what, to your point, what is your level of success? Is it monetary? Is it time? Is it impact? Is it the feeling, the fulfillment? It's different for everyone. So finding whatever it is for you, that's the answer. So how have you been able to zero in on your success what are, what are the metrics that are non-negotiable that are, that are your measurements so years ago i just saw myself as a personal trainer you know many many years in the business that's what anybody that knew me knew what i did like i have a moniker the fitness ninja that's actually my instagram handle so people you know you see people refer to me as that online still to this day and that was kind of my identity. And not that not that I just personally always was like, oh, I'm the fitness guy, but that's who I was. You know, when I networked, people would hide their plate. You know, if, we're, if we were at a function and they were eating something, they'd hide their plate. And, oh, don't look at what I'm eating. I don't give a damn what you eat. Eat whatever you want until you're paying I'll me. I'll judge you later. Yeah, I'll judge <laughs> you later until you're paying me. I don't really care. Um, but as as I probably in my, so I'm, I'm, I'll be 44 in a couple of weeks. So probably about 10 years ago in my mid thirties, when I started going down the stoicism rabbit hole, started reading more, educating myself more and just getting, getting more real with, with who I am as a human being, not, not the labels that go with it, a, you know, a father, a husband, a business owner, a, no, just who, who am I? Like, who am I? Who is Mark Zavanoff? And how do I want to show up in this world? And so I started to have this mental shift of like, well, I'm not, I mean, I serve a role as a fitness coach, but that's not who I am. Mm. I serve a role as a father, but that's also not who I am. Because when we start to label ourselves, the, the danger in that is all those labels could be taken away at any given time. You know, God forbid, if something happened to all of my kids, then I wouldn't be a father anymore. You know, and one could say, well, you were, but you know what I mean? Like in the present moment, you wouldn't be a father anymore. If someone, if my business failed and I had to go work for somebody, 
Well, then that business owner moniker goes away or the entrepreneur moniker goes away or something happened where I couldn't coach people anymore. Well, that, I'm not a fitness coach anymore. So now what do I do? And I've seen friends go through that and have this major identity crisis of like, uh-oh, I'm, I'm not who I've been saying that I am for years and years and years on end. What do I do with that? So I am a person who leaves people better. That's it. Like that's the end of that statement. I don't, I don't quantify that in any way, shape or form. So whether it's you and I talking, somebody listening to this podcast, me going to the grocery store and taking two seconds to make somebody smile because I can tell, you know, they work at Walmart and they're not very happy about it. And they're, you know, they got their head down and they're ringing the things through. And if I can just connect with that person for one minute while I'm standing there, Hey, how's your day going? And say something a little funny or whatever. And if I can impact that person in that moment, then that's who I am. I'm a person who leaves people better. Mm. Here. And it took a while to get there. And stoicism has a lot to do with that. I read a lot of what Marcus Aurelius, you know, his meditations. And, and if you look at, this is what always boggles my mind. If you look at his writings, if you change his verbiage to modern day language, you would have no idea that was written 2000 years ago. Because humans have been dealing with the same stuff over and it's like, we, we just don't learn over and over and over again. So this is a man who ruled over the height of the Roman Empire, had all the power, money, wealth, fame, sex, success, whatever you could ever quantify. And he just continued to ground himself in the reality of his own, his own existence, his own death, mm -hmm. what his life actually meant. And so I, I read a lot into that. And, and here's here's something I just, I just want to get a nuance in that and this is why it's it's challenging with this modern day and age because yeah we, we are still facing the same challenges as all these other generations all these other um empires oh my gosh right now we have to deal with our challenges which is blessing and a curse technology speed evolution everything external from us is evolving at a rate of knots oh my gosh but our body and our brain is evolving at two miles an hour. Technology, it's a gazillion miles an hour. It's just rapid. We we can't keep up. So we still have all these other, our, our brain, our body, the stories, all these programming. It's, this is the challenge. So again, I come back down to knowing this, understanding this is, is one thing, but being able to apply it with all this noise, back to your advertising, back to your messaging, doing things in the right way, not just the hacks. It's how we sort of manage ourselves through this process. That has to be the key to everything. So it's beautiful the way you're bringing up these, these, these concepts. And I think you, you mentioned it a little bit before, but everyone has to define what success looks like for their life. And, and we also have to, to be aware to not define that success by what the world wants us to define that success by. And I have no, I have no issues with somebody wanting money, wealth, fame, houses, cars, like I, if you want that stuff, go get it. Like we need, we need all the people. Like we really do. Like we need the people that want the Lamborghinis and want the $25 million houses and want to go on a, a vacation that costs a hundred grand. Like we need all those mm -hmm. people, but we also need the people who want to spread joy in the world. And we also need the people who care for other human beings and are philanthropic and will do things greater than themselves, knowing that in the end, it really doesn't matter. I'll quantify that in a second. But we need all those people. 
is the reality is we are all three generations for being totally forgotten. Maybe four because we have so much like documented things through social media and technology now. So maybe maybe our legacy may last a little bit longer because somebody will have a recording of this, you know, your, your great, great grandkids, my great, great grandkids will see this, you know, 150 years from now, 200, they'll be like, oh man, look at this weird thing that they used to do on, <laughs> on that ancient thing they called the internet, like, you know, whatever. Right. But in, in all of human history, if you were able to survey the world of who's actually remembered, I guarantee you'd have less than 10 people. I mean, if you survey the entire world and said, who do you remember in history and start who's in common? So you got probably Jesus, um, Caesar, Genghis Khan. Um, the list starts getting muddled. Hitler, probably just, you know, again, I didn't say they were good people. I just said remembered. Right. Like that list is so short. So we we do all this work and people talk about leaving a legacy. And again, there's nothing wrong with doing good work. But the fact is that most of us will be forgotten three to four generations from now. Mm. And what that should do it, and does for me is it gives me the permission to go after any and everything that I want in this world. Because what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to so die. Anyway. I want to I want to just sort of break that apart because this, this, this has been so much fun. We've been breaking this down, talking all these different um, perspectives and, and knowledge and ways of, of thinking and, and actions and all this stuff. It's been beautiful. I want to just go one level deep with with yourself personally, which is with your you've evolved so much as a person, as a fucking human being through being an entrepreneur. You found these methodologies, you found these principles, the guiding lights that have grounded you, which is beautiful to hear. Even with all this knowledge, even with what you have. What are your challenges? Because I don't want to leave this episode thinking that you have no problems, no worries, everything's rainbows and unicorn farts. It is not. You can have all the best things in the world. And still, there are always going to be challenges and worries and fears that come in. So I, I never want to just disregard that. So what, what is that like for you? What, what sometimes takes your focus? Where, where do you still have to work? Yeah. So, you know, owning a brick and mortar business is definitely it has its challenges. Rent goes up all the time and the area that I live in is very affluent. So the rent rates keep going up and I, I have to evolve with that. I have to increase my pricing. I have to find out ways to get more revenue out of the same clients that I have. Mm. Say that I'm worried about that would probably be overstating it, but it, but it needs my attention. I can't just blindly you know, put it over there and not pay any attention to it. Cause guess what? The rent's going to increase and I have to write the check or they'll come lock the doors. So things like that, you know, making payroll, uh, <laughs> you know, having quarterly meetings with my team, all those things still have to exist because again, it goes back to, for me, it goes back to joy because my business brings me joy. I love coaching even after 20 years, like I love showing up to the gym and being in there with all these people that are like, we don't motivate anyone. Everybody they're motivated enough when they walk in the door, you know, we're there to guide and educate and encourage and, and do all those things. But I, I don't really motivate anybody. I may need mm -hmm. to motivate a, a, a prospect to come into the gym, but once they're in there, they're in there. But that, again, that, that environment brings me joy. It's part of what I do in this world. It's part of my gift. So 
I don't want to just give that up. So it does need my attention. It's no different than my wife. Like I love my wife. She brings me an immense amount of joy. So that needs time and energy and effort and focus to pour into our relationship and make sure I schedule a babysitter so we can go have a date night and make sure that I send, I love you texts and make sure that I leave notes and and all those things. So, you know, the, again, the hardest part of, of all of it, I believe if you want to quantify it as, as difficult is just that management of energy to make sure that all the big buckets get checked off. Yeah. And, and that, that goes back to what I said before, like everything doesn't really matter. We make a big deal out of, out of certain things. And so when you're able to quantify what success looks like for you, it makes that process a whole lot easier. And it detaches you from, again, having disappointment from expectations that were unrealistic in the first place. Like my list of things to check off every day of, did I win this day or not? is very, very small. It's, you know, hold my baby, tell my wife I love her and give her a kiss, um, you know, text my 16-year-old and, and see how he's doing. Like, there's very few things. Like, exercise is not on there. Drinking a gallon of water isn't on there. Reading a book isn't on there. Like, you know, all the things that the entrepreneurial checklist of like, well, I got to get up and do a cold plunge and meditate for 40 minutes. And like, that's fine. If you want to do those things, that's fine. But I don't think it's wise to put those things as the major checklist of what do I need to do to be successful every day? Yeah. Because in the end, like I won't have my gym, you know, 15 years from now, my gym won't exist. If it, if it does, I did something wrong. (laughs) And there's, there's the change. There's the kind of the evolution we we kind of spoke about. So I want to leave that sort of drop the mic moment of, you know, what's, does it really matter with all these things, all these worries, all these dramas, all these challenges that we have, is it the thing that's going to be on your mind in a week, a month, a year? Did it really matter? In the moment, oh, our body, our, our, our nervous system, our brain chemicals will say yes. Doesn't really. So that is a beautiful journey that we go on. Doesn't really matter. Is it helping in this moment? Chances are no. Cool. So from that point, what can you do? What is the right thing? So, Mark, hey, look, thank you so much for for riffing, for playing along and sharing. This has been an awful. This is what happens when you get two marks together. Oh, my God. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Love it. Look, dude, if people want to find out more about you and and the work you do, where can they find you? Uh, The best way is connect with Mark Z. And that's Mark with a C. Connect with MarkZ.com. I'm not hard to find. You can find me on social media anywhere. And on Amazon, Make Good Choices, the book. That is my Amazon bestseller. You can find it there. And uh, again, I'm not hard to find. So there's not many Zalmanoffs in this world. Well, they are. Go connect with Mark Zed. Perfect. Done. (laughs) Dude, thank you so much. I appreciate you being here today. Thank you, man. I appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> See you next time. Bye.